This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Welcome back to Reset, everybody. That's episode number 14. I've got a doozy for you here to close out year 2016, lead us into 2017 on a bang because I'm going to CES next week and I feel like this topic is going to be huge. I'm talking about Wi-Fi, not necessarily just Wi-Fi as a single router, but you know all these products are coming out with all these multiple multiple devices, lots of power plugs, lots of devices to plug in throughout the home. I'm talking about mesh and all kinds of Wi-Fi products. So I've got a couple of friends here to help me. Mr. Kevin Schoonover, you can find him in the forums. He's a moderator at the homeservershow.com forums and the homeautomationforums.com. He's also joined me on many podcasts here and on my old shows as well as Jose Ortiz. He's been on Reset before. We've talked thermostats and all kinds of fun stuff. And he pretty much buys every tech product that comes out on the market. So I'm always hitting him up to see what his experiences are. This is a long podcast, so I'm going to get started immediately. But I just want to say, if you're going to CES, please let me know. I'd love to meet up with you out there. And also... Head up to iTunes. Give me some stars out there. Rate the podcast. It really helps. You don't really understand how much that helps. It's, it really does. Don't forget the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash David McCabe. Having a lot of fun out there. I got a drone. I'm just warning you now. Oh, there's only one video out there, but it was really fun. So head up to YouTube and subscribe to that channel. One thing that may help in listening to this podcast, when we refer to a forum or home server show forums or homeservershow.com forums, we mean, it's the forum out there at homeservershow.com. It's slash forums, or you can click the forums link. Now, here's Kevin and Jose and myself talking some Wi-Fi. All right, guys, I've gathered you here because we have a, I mean, we have a tall order here. This is the Wi-Fi episode, and I want to talk, of course, about the big ones of late, like Eero, Luma, Orbi, Almond, Plume. Google Wi-Fi, Open Mesh. Uh, what am I missing? Ubiquity. So we're going to take these products and we're going to try to compare and contrast and talk about what we're comfortable with. This is not going to be, hey, this is the best for you, but I'm probably going to ask you that, guys. So, Jose, I know you have played with a lot of these products. I, I'm just going to ask you right off the bat, what do you have in your house right now? So right now I have uh, Eero and Google Wi-Fi, uh, as well as a Nighthawk R, sorry, R7000. Okay. Okay. So you're still testing. If, you, if you've got three, you're still testing. Y- yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the Eero's are kind of here to stay just because I've had them for a long time. So that's that's been the 
base system that I've measured against, but uh, I, I had Orbi. I returned it only because I was waiting for Google Wi-Fi because I wanted to test Google Wi-Fi. Um, I've had Luma and I've also, I also have open mesh. It's just not set up, but I still have open mesh as well. Okay. Okay. So I've got Kevin here. Now he's kind of the guy that he, he does several things for me. He keeps me grounded and I, I'm talking about you, Kevin, as you're <laughs> sitting here on the call. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so yes, you keep me from getting a little overexcited about this is the best in the world. Everybody should buy it right now. Go. And also, I hit you quite frequently from your IT background about testing and and data and all sorts of, you know, quantitative things like that. So I know that you're not running one of these Eros or Lumas right now in your home, but you have played with them and you've helped me, you know, gather my statistics together and make sure that I have like a testing model. And we can we can talk about that too. I think that's I think that's relatively important. And then also when I say keep me grounded, I mean like I said earlier, there's not one product that's going to be right for everybody and I would like to get into that conversation with you. And that's something that you and I have spoke about offline uh, quite quite frequently. So I'm excited to talk about this with you guys. So I would like to just start with, I mean, the elephants in the room lately are the Eros and the Google Wi-Fis and I think the, the Orbeez. And of course, you know, Loom is in there, but it's this package of three or that package of two that is supposed to mesh everything and solve everything. And in some cases it does, and in some cases it doesn't. So, Jose, let me take you all the way back to, what, February 2016? Isn't that about when we got our Eros? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So we were pre-orders, we got the Eros, we got the three packs, and um, we got them for a better price than you can get them now. I think, what is it, four ninety nine for a three-pack right now? Yeah, they they just had a really good sale, actually. For, I think they were going again for 300 but yeah, the, the standard retail price is 500 for the three-pack. Right, and to me that's important because they are the most expensive of the bunch, I mean, crazy expensive. Yeah, and I think price um, is definitely going to be a a huge factor that people look look at. Right, just going off of price, um, you know, uh, Luma has them beat on price. Uh, Google Wi-Fi definitely has them beat on price. So, uh, if you go in just thinking, "Hey, they all do the same thing; they're all mesh Wi-Fi systems," uh, you know, why would you pay the extra? Uh, cash for Eero when you can get you know the same number of access points with Luma or Wi-Fi, but as I'm sure we we're going to get into it, um, the actual performance uh, difference between these products is can be pretty pretty significant. Correct, and Eero has had the distinction of being in the market the longest and. I think that they have taken advantage of that in improving their product, and we can get to that as well. So a three-pack. Eero is meant 
to basically fill, I'm, I'm going to go out and say fill a room, if not a large size room, a grand room with maybe a, an attached dining room or attached kitchen or whatnot with Wi-Fi. Is, is that your experience or are you seeing something different? Because I know that our style of houses, you're SoCal, I'm Indiana, so things are different. <laughs> but that's kind of what I'm getting. Yeah. So uh, if we're talking about just like the, the single unit, um, I think each one of these is definitely within the realm of um, – one of the kind of more expensive um, towards the top of the line standard routers, right? If you compare it with something like a, a Nakier Nighthawk or or the uh, Asus, um, what's their their model? I think it's the RU model uh, line. But those kind of more higher end routers, I think that's where these single units are are targeting. Maybe not quite as feature rich, but in terms of the actual specs and the radios that they have in there. Um, they're towards the top of the, of that range. So in, in my experience with the Eero, I get single wall penetration fairly decent. And of course the ski, the speeds will cut down, uh, greatly. It'll switch to 2.4, uh, same room, 5.8, really good speeds. And I think to me, I'm, I'm calling that normal Kevin in, in Wi-Fi world, what are your thoughts about that? No, I think I think that's pretty good. The uh, and I think it kind of the dialogue you're having right now, or the conversation we're having right now, is really where I, I think people need to look at um, what does their house look like, and you know what are the issues they're having around Wi-Fi. Is it is it coverage? Is it throughput? Is it you know how how big is your house? How spread out is your house and you know what is the issue that you're you're trying to work on and resolve um and and i think that's kind of the 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 basis to start clicking with it but yeah from a from a uh, a performance point of view you know i, I think uh Eero today is kind of the uh um the most mature of the mesh products and and i think one of the things that i kind of jump into with folks right away is um you know, it's kind of this terminology around mesh of, of, so I've got, uh, I've got a coverage issue at my house. Why can't I run just a bunch of, um, you know, wireless access or wireless routers are cheap. I can flip them into wireless access mode. Why can't I just run a bunch of those? Well, you can, but then you drift into some of the handoff issues. You know, as I move throughout my house, do things hand off well? Do these these uh, routers running as access points um, fight with one another? Do they get along well? And I think that's part of the discussion to have around something like an Eero or a Luma or some of the other mesh technologies is it's coverage. So I have Wi-Fi everywhere I want Wi-Fi, but it's also this clean, smooth handoff where the access points talk to each other and uh, I don't I don't have to be a network admin at home. I can set this thing up, I can have it run and I can, I can have it give me good coverage and I'm, I'm not, you know, the network admin at the house. And, and I think you point something like the key piece to me that you mentioned, Kevin, is the, the network admin part, because 
as you said, you can easily get even just some old routers. I mean, my the old setup that I had at my parents' place was some old D-Link DIR-655s with DDWRT loaded on them uh, and just had them set up as access points with the same, same SSID, same password. Um, I locked them to the same channel. And the handoff on those actually worked fairly well. Um, it actually worked better than... And we'll get into this, but I've I've seen some issues with like the latest uh, Eero update hanging onto uh, one of the one of the nodes. Um, but the difference there is that first of all, you you have to know how to flash DD. You have to know what DDWRT is, how to flash it on there, how to configure all that. You know, as as actual access points rather than than as routers and creating double NATs and whatnot. Whereas with any one of these systems, whether it's Eero or Amplifier or B. Um, it's, it's pretty straightforward, right? It's, uh, especially now in the, in the, this app generation where everything is app driven, it asks you to download an app, it connects to it and it walks you step by step, gives you little illustrations. And in that sense, anyone can do it. Not anyone is going to be able to repurpose some old routers for access points, uh, and, and to create that system. So I think that's, the key piece and the key differentiator between these integrated systems versus trying to do something homebrew. Right. Okay. So this is good. I've, I was trying to bring up the variable of my house is different from your house. So I can't, I can't say my router is better than your router. Right. And then you guys have brought me the variables of, okay, how qualified of an admin are we in this house and B, C, <laughs> the, the mesh factor. Yes, I can walk down the aisle of Fry's or Best Buy and pick up um, all these little extenders that plug into the wall and half the speed of your Wi-Fi, but they'll provide coverage in that spot that you have plugged them in, and that is not true mesh. So stepping back, Talking about the mesh, guys, this is, um, there's so many variables out there, and we're not going to be able to cover everything in a single podcast. But real quickly, mesh in in the, the way that we wanted it as kind of these geek admins for our house was the ability of these devices, of these different access points to talk via Wi-Fi in the background and connect all of them throughout the house and backhaul them at the fastest speed possible to the internet. Now, we've had some some of these use, units claim to have a dedicated radio, some not. Some can backhaul over Ethernet, some cannot. So we will try to go over that when we talk about each product in general. So I kind of started this down the Eero path just to get the ball rolling. And so correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Eero has a 2.4 gigahertz radio and a 5.8 gigahertz radio, but it is not necessarily dedicating one of those for mesh backhaul between the units. Isn't that correct, Uh, Jose? Yes, uh, a 5.0 gigahertz radio. Um, 
but yes, it, it only has two. There was, <laughs> so that's one of the things that I feel like it was a bait and switch from Eero, uh, uh, among some of the features is they had said that there was going to be a dedicated radio for, uh, the backhaul. Correct. And correct that. Yeah. Therefore, you weren't going to lose any of the speed, which is something that you would normally see, right? You would nor- normally get half your speed because you're using the same radio to uh, transmit and receive data. Um, so Eero supposedly was going to have three radios. Um, there, yeah, there was some fuzzy marketing speak. Yeah. In the, uh, and, in the uh, you know, it, it finally kind of got cleared up through, uh, you know, the, the subreddit the Euro subreddit. Um, even then, <laughs> there was some contention that, you know, they were saying, like, we never claimed that. But uh, obviously, at some point, it was there because it, it wasn't only, I, I know it was mentioned all, a lot on the forums. I know kind of, um, you know, the, the, the community over the forums uh, all were under that impression. But I also saw major reviewers like uh, CNET and uh, Kevin mentioned SNB earlier, where one of the things that they mentioned in the review is like, oh, you know, this is this is there. It's just not enabled yet. Well, as it turns out, it it just never existed. So Eero has two radios, a 2.4 and a 5.0. Um, what Eero claims it does is that it is uh, dynamic and intelligent enough to be able to identify which one of those radios uh, is best suited for transmitting uh, whatever data at any given point. And so it, it optimizes that. And therefore you don't, even though you do lose some of that throughput, some of that speed, it doesn't get cut in half as uh, for example, open mesh does um, or really any other kind of wireless mesh or, or wireless access point. Um, it It's loss, it's speed loss is um, a lot less than, than what you would normally see. Okay. Yeah, I I mean I would I would disagree with them there. Every every wireless Eero I have placed as an access point, I've seen exactly half, you know, or or more than. But every single one that I have placed has not been line of sight and they that's is something that they're in their directions and in their app they say connect them line of sight. Well, that's not always possible. Usually I have at least one wall in between them and so you know and I think uh, I think on this kind of subject too it's it's probably uh, as we're talking about some of the decision making process. I'm a homeowner. Um I I'm not happy with the Wi-Fi in my house. Um in in this this backhaul discussion is one of you know, so do these these mesh devices, they all talk to each other. And, uh, you know, most of them do it over Wi-Fi to keep it simple. So they talk to each other wirelessly. Uh, Eero is the, the main one, um, that, that offers Ethernet backhaul, which kind of brings up one of my next big questions to ask people is, um, do you have, you know, Ethernet cable running through your house? Do you, are, are you, able to run ethernet cable through your house because that's also going to hit you into a few uh topics of you know where are the bad spots in my house um 
uh, I think we've all kind of come to the realization that when we can get these devices um, hardwired to an Ethernet switch back at the core, we're probably seeing the best performance that way. But but that opens up a big question of, you know, if I don't have wire pulled in my house already, is that something I can do Um if I do have it pulled, is it pulled in the right places? Um, and if you can answer yes to those, then it opens up, you know, kind of another discussion of, you know, is is something like an Eero mesh the best solution for me, which we touched on a little bit, but things like Eero and Luma, um, these are wireless um wireless routing systems so they're the router and the wireless function built into these devices where some of the other technologies we're talking about like open mesh and ubiquity are more traditional uh, wireless access points so these are not the router you're going to have a have to have a separate router or firewall and run these wireless access points but when we jump into wireless access points then we're in more of a world of real hardwired um, you know uh, functionality of connecting the wireless access points back. So just, you know, um, building on that conversation, I think as people are trying to decide what it is they want to do in their home, it's also good to know, you know, wh what am I capable of doing? What do I already have from a wiring point of view? Uh, what can I take advantage of? What am I comfortable or not comfortable doing? Right. Um, no, you're right there. There, there is that last variable of having these devices as the router uh, or as in bridge mode, and you think, well, that's easy. If they allow me to run that in bridge mode, I will just do so because I'm comfortable with the router that I have. Well, if you are going to do that, you will sacrifice features, as in the example of Eero, you sacrifice. Uh, family profiles and you sacrifice a lot of the information that the app can feed you about its connected devices and I have been running my Eros in AP mode and it it's it can be a little frustrating I have to rely on my uh, router to do all of that for me but I would really like to take advantage of the device itself the Eero to be the router and then you get into the, well, I'm kind of the geeky tech admin kind of guy. What kind of router features does this offer me? And we're not going to go through that one by one, but it's more often than not, not as many router features as you would get from a dedicated router. So many variables, Correct. guys. Yeah. There, and, there and are. I think, and, and, sorry, Kevin, go ahead. Oh, I was just—I was going to throw something out and then pass it off to you. <laughs> so, yeah, on on the on the uh, um, in the forums, we've hit on this many times. And sometimes the router question isn't always, "What do I like about my router?" But I know we've had lots of discussions about I can't get rid of my router because my router is uh, part of a uh, FiOS system or part of uh, an AT&T system. And we're, you know, I'm coming to find more and more that uh, uh, in many cases people can't um, choose their router because it's part of a bigger system in their home. And I, I know, uh, Jose, that's come up on the forums a few times. Uh, it seems to be a trend we're seeing a lot more of is not being able to choose the router 
Yeah, and that that's a good point, and I think of why uh, the fact that most of these are able to run as in bridge mode as access points and allow the your existing router to retain control of um, you know managing the actual traffic and DHCP and whatnot um, it is good, but um, it, I, I think all of those variables uh, and we've talked about this. Uh, a few times already where there are so many variables there, but I think all those variables, especially when you start talking about uh, the questions that you brought up, Kevin, which is, okay, can I run, uh, you know, cable throughout the house? Do I already have drops? Do I want to uh, rely on, on uh, ethernet connections rather than wireless connections? Um, I think all of those things start directing you towards these different type of products. Um, because if you're, somebody who's actually thinking about, okay, do I have ethernet drops or can I run these cables? More than likely, the fact that you're even thinking through that, you have some knowledge about networking and therefore you're probably going to want something that's um, uh, maybe a little bit more feature rich than what something like Eero or Luma provides, which Eero and Luma are obviously targeted towards just the simple plug and play. And if you have to start thinking through running cable throughout the house, that's not very plug and play. Um, so I think all those variables and all those questions are important, but I think if you're asking those type of questions, you're probably already going to be looking more into something like Amplify, uh, you know, something from Ubiquity or something from OpenMesh. Uh, whereas if you're really just looking to address your, your dead spots, you know, you, you're going to walk into Best Buy and see something like Eero or Orbi and you're going to figure, hey, you know, this is this is going to help me out. But um, having that flexibility to be able to run it as your primary router or as as an access point uh, and and for the actual mesh network to work as access points, uh, I think is critical for a lot of those folks who need to have their their company provided ISP provider router. Uh, because of whatever reason, right? I know Uverse is an example, AT&T Uverse, because they, they need to be able to control um, the data that goes through to uh, the TV and the set-top boxes. Um, Fios, uh, you, you mentioned, Kevin, that's another example where in order to retain your you know video and demand capabilities and your guide and whatnot, you need to retain that router. And there's ways to get around it. Um, you can definitely... Um, you know, uh, DMZ, uh, one of the IP addresses and, and set a static, uh, address for that router and whatnot. But again, if you're already thinking and know what a DMZ is and how to set a static IP for a specific uh, Mac address, you're probably already in another realm that doesn't really consist of your own Luma. Okay. So I think we've qualif- qualified Eero. It's mesh product, two radios, Ethernet backhaul, four ninety nine for a three pack. Uh, well respected in the ecosphere, you know, of of mesh networking, and has a one year track record of software updates and whatnot. So, Luma came onto the horizon. Lots of promises. And um, a, a delivery mechanism and a fulfillment mechanism that was uh, pretty lackluster, and that's kind of what everybody 
um, was having issues over. I know, I know, I, I was, and I did the thing where everybody was waiting for their Lumas, and uh, I went to Best Buy and bought one, and it was uh, quite a bit of ahead of time of everybody else getting theirs. There were some uh, really unhappy people. <laughs> Let's just say that about um, their Lumas. Now, Kevin, did you did you ever? I think you were pre-purchased Luma. Did you not? Yes, uh, I was part of the pre-buy. I had um, uh, at two different times. I had I'd pre-bought one three-pack and then uh, bought another three-pack. So I was uh, doubled up on them and. Uh, Popped one open for testing. Still have that one. Not currently using it, but uh, yeah, it it's um, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of good discussion around that in the in the forums. Um, and it's an example. I I use it as an example uh, that any I think any vendor should look at from the point of view that if you're offering a pre buy, the the uh, you know an early buy for early adopters you have to look at it from the point of view that um, those are the tech enthusiasts those are the folks who are going to help you find the bugs and issues in your product they're going to help you um, you know work the thing out but they're also going to be the folks that help influence others uh, buying decisions and um, I don't think Luma handled that well. I, I think they kind of had a bit of a, um, you know, not uh, not taking the uh, those of us that bought early but yet had to wait months to get our product were ticked about it and were fairly boisterous about being ticked about it. And I don't think Luma took that all that seriously. Um, to add insult to injury, um, we were promised a lot of functionality with the Luma product that was not there at launch. And I, I think that was another spot where we kind of got the feedback from them that, um, hey, it's a new product. You shouldn't really expect everything to be there at launch. Well, I do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> when you told us it was coming, we kind of assumed it would be there at launch. Yeah. That did not do them any favors. And Luma has the distinction of being second to market. Now, this is important because Eero was first. Eero entered the market first as this mesh product. Luma came in and said, I mean, their marketing material was very clear. Here is what we're going to do. And we have more features than Eero and we're going to do it cheaper. And people decided to wait. Instead of putting that money into the Eero product, they decided to wait. We will invest in the Luma product and maybe... uh, it will solve the problems that we need. And one of the big things was um, the multiple, the the radio backhaul for Luma and the parental uh, controls of almost having a circle bite with Disney type control over the different MAC addresses and the different devices in the network, which was really a cool thing. So, they were second to market, but they they were they differentiated themselves enough from Eero that they caused quite the stir. And then they decided to ship and had a lot of issues. 
like you said, with shipping. They did not take the tech community as, you know, serious feedback, serious testers and beta testers. I know that they ran a test uh, somewhere in Atlanta with, with who knows how many homes, but they they fell on their face rather quickly. Now, since they have put out uh, software updates, but I am not I'm not privy to those updates, Kevin. I honestly I have no clue what they're doing. I purchased that single access point. I tried it. I got the app working, and I just I did not like it. Now, the speeds were. Technically, at that time when I tested it, this was late summer, right? We're faster than Eero. And I, I said that on my on my past podcast. Hey, these are faster. But I don't like what they're doing to the marketplace. And the features that they told us were going to be in their product are not there. And one of the things that Eero did is they saw blood in the water and they released the sharks. They they told Luma customers in a somewhat of a private campaign that turned very public. I remember talking about this with uh, Jose uh, privately saying, hey, this is going on, and I, I wonder if we should go public with it. But they said that if you show us the, your Luma receipt and your return, we will honor their price of a three-pack. So, Jose, do you remember uh, this exciting time? <laughs> yeah, d- definitely. So, <laughs> you know, I, I won't rehash the frustration of, you know, when, when we waited and, and that ordeal. But, um, you know, once once I did get it, um, I did get a three-pack and I tested it. And I, I think my speeds for a single unit nearby were faster than Eero, but the, the mesh speeds were abysmal. Um, uh, so for me that the experience was a little different, but when, when Eero, you know, put that offer out or well, <laughs> when everyone became aware of that offer from Eero, um, you know, where you just meshes, uh, sent them a message, showed them your, your receipt and they would match the price at this point. I already had, I think, three three packs of Eero, and um, you know, at this point, I was so impressed with what Eero was doing, and was happy with what had, the results that I had seen and, and my own testing. That even though I had, I are I still had kind of extras. Um, I, I jumped on that offer, uh, returned my Luma units, um, and with Luma, I think I had pre-ordered two three packs so i I returned both three packs i I i'm pretty sure i only got one more euro three pack at the 300 price point but you know i figured if anything at some point down the line maybe a friend could use it or you know add it to to my family's house or you know i'm sure at at some point i was going to use it and the price was just great especially knowing how well euro could perform Right. I, I myself, I did, I took advantage of that too. I purchased the single from Best Buy for that advanced review and the speeds were good. But again, like you, like you said, the mesh speeds weren't, and I had no way of testing the mesh, but I also had a three pack on order via Amazon. And I 
was able to show that receipt and its cancellation to Eero, and they honored that price as well. And I picked up another three-pack of Eero, so uh, having six in my house. Yeah. Aside from that offer, though, Eero did something. Because, again, Eero was first to market, right? They um, That wasn't initially going to be the case because Luma's initial launch date was right around when Eero actually ended up launching. Uh, but, you know, through delays and whatnot, Eero got a good six-month head start. Um, and even though Eero, neither Eero nor Luma actually delivered on all of the features that they advertised pre-launch. Um, the difference is that Eero had those six months to kind of catch up and uh, kind of pave the way for themselves. And when Luma failed to uh, launch... Uh, really with feature parity with Eero, um, that really put them at a disadvantage, especially the way that they handled everything with the delays and whatnot. Um, but not only that, I know one of the main features that that folks in the forums and, and yourself included, Dave, were really excited about Luma was, you know, the whole circle functionality um, you know, to be able to to manage the internet and, and the, the parental controls tied to it and whatnot. Um, right before Luma launched, Eero released uh, family profiles, which, you know, they, they still weren't at that um, level that that Circle provides in terms of, of um, internet activity and, and controlling that. But it was, I feel like it was definitely them saying, hey, look, we have this already. And it was, it was them almost coming to the feature parody that Luma was supposed to have. And the fact that Eero had the ability to continuously update their app and uh, the actual performance of the units that were already out in people's homes, uh, I think bought a lot of goodwill. I know it definitely did it for me where I know that Eero is going to continue to support and add features to their product where with Luma, not only did they launch late, not only did they botch the pre-orders, but after that, uh, you know, for the first four to six weeks, they were saying, hey, don't worry, we have the update coming that's going to give you guys, you know, X and X and X feature that we promised. And even that was delayed, right? They gave us a specific date that slipped and they're like, okay, sorry, by the end of this week, that the end of that week came and went and nothing. Then they went silent, you know, for like another two weeks and all of a sudden it, it kind of started hitting. By the time that the update actually came out, I had already kind of run out of my return period and, you know, those were on their way back to Luma. Um, and, and so I think that says a lot about Luma as a company versus Eero as a company. Even though neither of them delivered on all the features that they promised at launch, I think Eero, the fact that they had that six-month runway and that they took advantage of it, not only through through that kind of match pricing, but also through showing how committed they were to continue to develop the platform that they've, that they had set up um, means a lot in terms of buying goodwill from the customers. True. True. So Kevin, can you kind of catch me up on how Luma's doing in the marketplace now? And because, you know, I, I spoke kind of ill of them on launch, which a lot of folks did, but I, I really have no, no business, you know, speaking about the product right now because I just haven't put my hands back on it. 
Well, it's it, uh, that, that was the idea that was just running through my head as we were talking here is uh, I, I'm probably overdue to give them another look. And uh, uh, I know from an individual a friend of mine who did deploy and is running Luma, um, his network is stable. He's happy with the coverage he's getting. He's happy with the handoff he's getting. Um, I was just, as we were talking here, I was trying to dig through a few emails to see if I'd gotten any updates from him. Um, as far as all the feature content, uh, as far as the app goes, but, um, initially there was a lot of stability issues and especially, um, there was lots of issues with mixing a wired network and a wireless network with Luma that, um, that all seems to be stabilized now. Um, and for anybody listening to, you know, this discussion, um, you know, as with any, emerging technology like a lot of the things we're talking about right now um we're talking about things at a, at points in time so it's good to you know uh, always gauge well hey i heard those guys talking about this technology um but you know you need to know at what point in time you know we were testing and looking at these different things and for me luma luma's a bit dated but like i say my uh, my friend who is running it um seems pleased with what he has now um seems to be something that he's planning on keeping so um you know it, it it's working well and i i want to say there's a few nuances with the app that still uh, need to come together, but uh, otherwise it seems to be um, technically sound. Okay, and I've tried to keep that straight in this conversation where, you know, we're going to release a podcast at the end of 2016 and to try to keep this, you know, date friendly because I I don't want to do any of these products any kind of disservice. So we're kind of talking about them on their release date. Now, we have a a lot of other products to go over. These two were just the two that kind of opened the door for us. And shortly after this, uh, Ubiquity and Plume came out of the woodwork and were talked about quite a bit in the forums that we've been referring to to over at homeservershow.com. Now, which one of you guys has, I mean, do we have any ubiquity experience among us besides the old 10-year product that I used a long time ago? So I've been working quite a bit with the uh, you know, traditional wireless access point, uh, the uh, the ubiquity uh, AC Pros, um, mm-hmm. but the, the the mesh product out there um, I've not played with, have researched pretty heavily. Um, it's a product called Amplify, comes as a, a base router uh, with a couple of mesh points that uh, you can place. Um, you know, some distance away, they they actually plug into outlets and look somewhat like little wow magic wands, um, and and that that holds um, uh, ubiquity is good at uh, uh, you know point to point wireless technology. So reviews have been pretty good on Amplify so far. Um, Plume, I don't think, is shipped yet. Plume is a very granular solution. Um, they're they're like little router access points that plug into outlets, uh, and you you somewhat make trails through your house. Uh, back to your point earlier about line of sight, um, because of the size of the Plume devices, um, they have to be pretty close to each other. Um, I think initially folks thought, hey, this would be cool. I'll order, uh, you know, they, they 
basically come in, I can't remember if they're five or 10 packs, but you, you get several of them and, uh, I'll just, you know, get these and plug them in, in the rooms that I want to have Wi-Fi in, but, um, in their own, um, description, they talk about, um, you know, uh, if you're going to put one in one bedroom and one in another bedroom, you probably need to have one in the hallway between the two bedrooms, uh, for coverage. So much more of a granular solution, but, uh, you know, kind of an interesting, uh, technology and, and then probably the, you know, the biggest one that we haven't discussed yet is, uh, you know, Netgear, uh, you know, one of your most popular router guys hopped in with their, um, mesh like solution in in the uh, uh orby product and um i think uh, not to put you on the spot jose but you you've done some testing with orby haven't you yeah i have i i think orby is one of the most like intriguing products so if we file away ubiquity and plume because of course we can't even talk about plume yet uh ubiquity i i do th- I do think has a place in the market. I just, you know, I haven't had my hands on it. I would like to get my hands on it. So we'll file that away and we'll pick up Orby here, which was kind of, it was, I mean, it was a surprise to me. I I remember when it was first announced, it was like, wow, this is, this looks like something. And I, I initially kind of set it aside you know it was like it was kind of big it was kind of ugly i i thought it was ugly i mean i know some people like 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 it and then there was this guy on the forums who put a table of speed testing i I don't know who that was jose can you can you help me here you got a hold of this thing and it speed tested pretty nicely yeah, so Orby, uh, I think we were all kind of surprised with Orby. Uh, for me, the surprise was, uh, it was surprise and excitement. Uh, because up until this point, as we've talked about, it was really Eero and Luma, right? That that was the conversation, Eero and Luma, Eero and Luma. If you go over to the forums <laughs> very early on, there's a lot of us who, uh, you know, got into it basically picking sides on Eero and Luma before either of these products were even in the market. Um, but it was these startups, right? Um, they had very smart people behind them and whatnot, but uh, there were startups, brand new companies. Orby was coming from Netgear, um, which, you know, you can go into Best Buy and, and Net, you know, between Netgear, Asus and D-Link, you know, it was one of the top, um, top brands out there. If, for anybody that wanted to go out and get a router. Uh, and the fact that Netgear decided to come into this market, um, I think signaled uh, a big shift and, and realization that, hey, this is mesh is becoming a thing. Like that's that's really, and, and whether it's just pure marketing, uh, but it was enough. I think Eero and Luma caused enough of a commotion that uh, these big guys started to look into it. Um, and Netgear was, was the first one out of the gate, out of, out of these mainstream companies, you know, outside of Ubiquity, which obviously has been doing in the pro market for a while. Um, and, uh, when I, when I picked it up, um, I didn't mind the size and, and the look of it. I actually liked the heft of it, especially not to keep bashing on Luma, but Luma's 
design was cool, but it was so lightweight and I think so ill-balanced that the Ethernet cable would make it topple over. Um, and Orbi, you know, it's like this big, nice, stable thing, stable base. And depending on, on your taste, you know, you either think it's horrendous or you think it's it's uh, quite beautiful. Um, and I started testing it. And the first thing that I liked about it is that it carried the same software that their other high-end routers do, uh, that the Nighthawks do. Uh, the reason I like that is that uh, you have the features like, um, you know, VPN on there, PPPoE. Um, you're able to to manage everything the way you would any other Netgear router. Um, and you don't need to be connected to the internet to do it. So one thing about Luma and Eero is everything is app-based and all of the instructions really come from Eero and Luma servers. So in the app, you know, you make a change, that change gets sent to, you know, Eero server and Eero server sends it back down to the actual Eero unit. Um, so you have no actual local control. If your internet is down, you really have no way of knowing what's going on with that specific Eero. With Orbi, because it, it runs locally, just the way that their routers do, you access it the way that you would, uh, you know, the routers that we're used to, which is, you, you know, 192.168, you know, dot one dot one. Um, and you have access to, to everything there. Um, you can run it as a router. You can run it as an access point. Uh, it's intelligent enough to, to know if you're running it behind another router. It actually asks you, Hey, we detected another router. Do you want to replace it or do you just want to run it in bridge mode? Um, and even in bridge mode, obviously you lose some of those features, but you still have the full control that you normally would, uh, and you can still manage it locally. Um, and then the speeds. So Orbi, uh, actually followed through on the original premise that Eero had proposed, which is the three radios with one radio being dedicated to the backhaul. And even though Eero uh, has stated for a while, ever since kind of the, the top, that topic came up, they say, Hey, having three radios would have been dumb. The way we manage it with two radios is a lot more elegant. And, you know, that, that third radio would have been a waste. Well, at, based on my testing, and we know that environment, it's everything when it comes to these tests. Uh, that third, that dedicated radio, that third radio that Orbi has makes a world of difference. Um, even after Eero pushed their latest Eero 2.0 update, which is supposed to optimize the speeds even further. Um, I have Eero outperform, I'm sorry, Orbi outperforming Eero by, um, more than twice, uh, the speed. Um, and that's throughput. That's internal throughput. That's not, you know, speedtest.net that's actual internal throughput um more than twice as fast as Eero. um and this is through wireless mesh too this is not ethernet it doesn't support ethernet backhaul which i know is is a disappointment for a lot of folks uh, myself included but based on these tests i mean it, it doesn't really need it um because the the wireless mesh that dedicated backhaul radio is potent enough to be able to to handle it almost as if it was a wired uh, wired mesh, 
Um, so I was very, very, very impressed with, with Orbi's performance. Um, I was waiting for, I re- the only reason I returned it is because I wanted to test out Google Wi-Fi and figure out kind of maybe, you know, they were going to be able to outperform, uh, Orbi. Um, we'll get to that in a, you know, in a moment, but for now, for, for Orbi, I was extremely impressed. Uh, and, uh, the speeds were great. The consistency of those speeds, um, were sustained throughout, um, just the, the, what, three weeks that I had it. Uh, handoffs were seamless. There was never any point where I felt like I was kind of stuck on another node. Um, but the price, you know, that we started off talking about price and how that's going to drive, uh, the decision for a lot of people. Uh, the price, if you take it by unit, it's, it's still pricier than something like Luma or, or Google Wi-Fi. It's $400 for two units, basically a main unit and a satellite. And the way that the uh, Orbi does mesh is a little different than how, um, the others do it. It's, it's, uh, I believe it's, uh, everything has to be connected to the main unit. It, uh, it can't go from node to node. I'm sorry, from leaf to leaf. It has to be from the main node directly to the leaf. So it's going to be a star topology. Um, so if, if you need something, if you're in a situation where you can't have kind of that main unit, uh, right in the center of your home with all units surrounding it, um, you know, Orbi might not work for you, but Orbi in my testing has outperformed Eero and Luma so much that, uh, like I didn't, I don't have a need for a third. Just those two units provided coverage, and I, I did heat maps as well. And just those two units were strong enough to give me coverage even further outside of the home than I even expected. I I think I mentioned in the forums, or maybe I just talked to you, Dave, where I was walking my dog one day, and I noticed that like on, um, I was at the other corner. I have a corner home. I was at the opposite corner. Now this is like the short end of the block, so I don't think this is a crazy big block. But when my phone had connected to my Wi-Fi on Orbi. Um, so whatever Netgear did on these things, those radios are stellar. Um, so that, that's by, that's been my experience. Uh, I know Jason in the forums wasn't as lucky. He had a lot of issues. He actually ended up returning Orbi and, and for him, open mesh has been working really well. Uh, where in my situation, open mesh speeds have been abysmal. Um, and, I was quite surprised because there's a lot of um, people in the forums who really, really support and, um, you know, say open mesh is great. It just didn't work for me. But I, I right. think that just goes to show that, uh, you know, your environment, um, how you have everything set up, the hardware you're using to connect to it, it, it all, those are all variables that come into play, right? So one person, very much so. Yeah. One, one person's kind of high performer, maybe somebody else's low performer. Very much so. And I should give you full disclosure that I I have two Orbeez that are running right now in my home. I was conversing out on Twitter and somebody at Nick Gear saw, I can't remember if I was talking about Arlo Pro or I was talking about Orby. Regardless, they said, hey, they reached out to me and said, hey, take a look at Orby and let us know what you think. So I've got, I have the... Um, the two pack of the Orbeez here in my house. And I'm currently running them today. I ran them for a week as access points. 
And then I went so far as to make the move to the router. Now, that was not an easy task for me because I did not want the main Orby to sit down in my dungeon of a basement surrounded by metal. So I rerouted the cable modem up to my great room and I currently have the cable modem sitting in there and I have the, the, the main Orby sitting there. I do have a satellite connected. It is in my office. It is in the, on the second floor. Now my initial speed tests with, with Orby were just a tick faster than the Eros. Now this was a, a wired access point and everything else was turned off. So when you ended your conversation by everybody's house is different, I mean, I could not agree more because I thought this ear, I mean, I thought the Orbeez were going to be the end all be all. I was fully prepared. I was looking at resale price of my Eero because I thought the Orby is going, this is just going to be the bee's knees. It's going to take care of everything. So I believe the Orby claims that their two-pack covers 4,000 square feet. Am I correct with that? Yes, something pretty uh, extraordinary like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I think that's correct. Now, here's the thing. I, I believe that statement. I think it will cover as long as, like what you said, you can position it correctly. The house has to be almost perfect for this product as a two-pack because there's such a discrepancy between the two-pack costs of Orbi and the three-pack cost of Eero. And I think that my house almost needs, if not three, but four Orbeez. And I know Netgear is going to hear this and they're just going to flip out. And I will gladly provide my topology to Netgear. I'm gonna. I'm going to be speaking with them in a private meeting in uh, at CES next week. So we're going to discuss this. But so my main Orby is in the middle. It's it's in my great room. On the on one wall beyond one wall is my master bedroom, and probably a two to three wall penetration is my throne room. Uh, the throne room is in the bathroom, right beside the shower, if you if you kind of get my gist. Wi-Fi has to be very good in the throne room. And it's just not quite covering right there. Just f- another full disclosure, the Eero was not either. It was not covering there either. I would get disconnects. And uh, I know I get disconnects because I play a certain game and it says cannot connect and retry. So um, I was going to have to try to figure this out with uh, the Eros as well. So I think that I have a situation where I have a little too much house for a two-pack of Orby and purchasing another two-pack or even that third Orby would bring me into that three-pack land of Eero. And honestly, I use a six-pack of Eero in my house. And I'm about one Eero short, honestly, of, of connecting. Now, my speed tests with Orby were, I, I thought the speeds and the connectivity 
were phenomenal. I really did. The the meshed or the satellite access point I thought was phenomenal. The reach was definitely more. This thing was reaching better as a one-to-one. So I did a lot of one-to-one testing. I One Eero, and I even went outside my house and tried to like connect to smart things and unlock a door, which is important because if you walk next to your house, you see Wi-Fi signal, you want it to be strong enough to connect to and unlock your house. Otherwise, stay on the... Uh, Stay on your uh, phone network and unlock the house. Eero would have trouble doing that. And the speed tests would, honestly, they would not even finish um, outside my house. Do it with the Orbi. It was, uh, it, of course, it wasn't as fast, but uh, it would at least complete the speed test. So I was really impressed with the range. So I do not disagree with you on your range assessment. I do think it will reach outside the house. However, my house, I have a couple of walls I need to reach through in order to get to certain areas. I think it, you would have to be almost a near-perfect scenario to reach that that corner of the block like you have. Maybe a large great room window uh, to reach out there past that. Uh, a couple of walls, uh, a wall of cabinets maybe uh, from the kitchen, you're going to have a lot of attenuation, just just normally, like you should. And uh, you're not going to reach through that. So although I, I like this Orbi product, and the one thing that you have stated that you like about it, because it reaches back into the old days of... 192.168.1.1 and log into a router and you have all those functions. I find at this day and age to be cumbersome because this I think this market does demand an app. It de, it demands a high powered app and that's the first place I went to for Netgear was trying to find an app and I was thoroughly disappointed in their in their uh, Orbi app. It, it, it's it's it kind of looks good, but it's a lipstick on a pig situation where sometimes it would populate connected devices and other times it would not. Um, so I go into what is it OrbiLogin.net, which will find your router from any browser on the network. And uh, yes, you do have tons of uh, tons of options. Routers, DHCP, you know, reservations, VPNs, uh, you know, setting all that guest network. It, it's just not as polished as uh, like the Eero product app is. And the last thing I'll tell you is um, I have not finished testing it because I stopped. Because uh, Orbi claims to have parental controls. Well, they're... Parental control product is really just open DNS account. I'm not sure what exactly it does beyond that, but you have to go out off of Netgear property and get an open DNS account and then come back to the Netgear router. And that's where I stopped. I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to test that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think you dislike, uh, you know, Orbeez 
interface for the reason that I like it. <laughs> right. I, I like it because yeah. it is that old school, uh, Correct. you know, thing and, and you don't like it because of that. And, and I know that their app is basically just a, a shell for their, for the, the existing web interface. Um, it but I, I think, I think they go hand in hand, at least for now, in the sense that Eero and Luma and even Google Wi-Fi, they don't have any of these additional features, right? And taking it all the way back to, to the beginning of the conversation that Kevin brought up is all those variables, right? If, uh, you know, are you somebody techie who wants, who even needs to have uh, run a VPN server, you know, through the router? Do you do you need to have the, you know, IP reservation table, uh, the, the MAC address reservation table? Do you need to have um, uh, your own um, uh, dynamic DNS? Um you know, if you need those things, I think Orbi is is a great marriage of the power of a mesh network, a proper mesh network, uh, with because all Netgear really did is they took their existing software from their existing routers, uh, which I think they call it like the Net Genie or something like that, um, and they just put it on here and and you know added that link to the satellite. Uh, they just added another another tab to it. Okay, the, you know you can see your satellite here. Um, they didn't go out and to do what Eero did, which is build something from the ground up. And Eero built it with with the idea of, hey, we're going after these consumers, so they don't have to know what all this other stuff is. They just, you know, follow the pictures, and and you're good to go. So, um, you know, it, it goes. I think for now, it goes hand in hand as Eero. You know, if Eero. Um, actually comes through on some of those other features that, that they had talked about pre-launch, which is being able to run a VPN server, which is being able to have your own d- uh, dynamic DNS uh, uh, server on there. Um, as they add those things and they, if they're able to execute them and add them to their app and, you know, kind of beautify it, simplify it, streamline it, um, then I think that will force uh, kind of neck gear to rather than repackage their existing software to, you know, build something that is more, you know, the UI that's a little more friendly. Yeah, I, that, that is my contention. I, I think they need to appify and I, I'm kind of speaking for this app generation and uh, it's not necessarily my opinion because I do like the router interface. I do like control i just i I, the effort in their app i I, honestly i thought it was abysmal i I didn't like it at all and i didn't like the netgear genie product at all either it was just i i don't know why but i'm i'm okay with the web login because i do like that power and that control but i am you know we're trying to get people at you know the best buys and 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 amazon folks to buy these products and be able to have an app and uh, log into them. So I'm kind of speaking out the side of my mouth here because I would like more control yeah. with the Eero app too. So, but but if you if you think about it, it's a great topic, and I've had that discussion kind of come up. Is um, if we're thinking of the 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 cool 
wishful, hopeful things for the future with content filtering management, um, you know, the on the fly kind of things of being flagged that one of your children has hit their screen time limit for the day and it pops up on the app and tells you that and you can deal with that accordingly. Um, those, the features that I think a lot of us were excited about any of these technologies for um, are very app centric and you need a good app. The thing in a discussion I had recently on Orbi was, and we were kind of talking from that point of view of the app not being that great. The gentleman I was talking with, his kids are all grown up. They're going to college. It's just him and his wife at home and the kids when they visit, when they're home from college. And he kept looking at me like, what do I need an app for? I, I, I just want to set the, I need better coverage. I want good handoff. And I don't want to really have to play around with this thing. I, I just, I want it to be up and running. I want it to be solid. I want good handoffs, good coverage, good performance. So in certain cases, I think there are, are a set of users who, um, you, you know, if, if there are not features there that they need an app for, um, you know, it kind of gets back to the set it and forget it kind of mentality. And, and I think that's a whole, you know, other group of consumers out there as well. But like you said, to grab up the, you know, the, the, the folks walking through Best Buy and wanting to see that. So I can, I can almost see kind of two modes with Orbi and they're kind of in a unique position to be able to do this is if they could come up with a very, you know, clean, nice app, um, to take advantage of some of the expanded features that hopefully get built into the technology over time here. Um, but all, almost uh, to me, best of both worlds, if they could have an app for the expanded feature set for those that want it, or I don't need the app app. If I'm a set it and forget it kind of person, then, you know, that, that could be very um, advantageous for Netgear. Yeah. And, and you make a good point. Kevin, something I hadn't thought about till you mentioned it now is with Eero, this past weekend, I opened the Eero app for the first time. Well, Eero had a big update on the app, so I did play around when they, when they launched that, but it was just to poke around. Aside from that, I had not opened the app in weeks, maybe even months, uh, since I had set up, uh, Eero. And the only reason I opened it up is because we had guests over for Christmas uh, that were staying over. And, you know, first thing they asked me for was a Wi-Fi password. And so I went in there to enable the guest network. And, you know, from I was able to have Eero kind of directly text the SSID and password to to my guests. You know, I, I kind of just picked them up in my contacts and creates the text message and you just send it. That was the, the first time that I actually, that I actually did it because I... Other than that, I had not opened the app. And I don't know how many people are actually going to be poking around in their app um, for their, you know, routers and for their for their access points uh, on a regular basis. That being said, I do understand the point that Dave is making, which is, uh, you know, in this generation, everything, everything needs an app, right? It's 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 no longer going to be acceptable to have to log into some random you know IP address or even know what the IP address is and have to deal with these essentially HTML driven menus and have to poke around to figure out where I have to go to create the guest network or where I have to go to see what devices are connected to my network. Um, it should be easy enough to do it from 
any phone through an app. Is a great point. Set it and forget it. That's, um, I mean, that's got a lot of merit. I, I could not agree with you more. I, just to kind of wrap it up on Orbi, man, I think this is a great product. I think it would fit if you are a 4,000 square foot and under house. I would get two and I would figure out uh, where to place them. And luckily, there's no Ethernet backhaul. And you can move that satellite around and resync it and connect back up and see how that works best for your house. So uh, once again, we come back full circle to that, I, I don't want to call it a problem, but it's that master variable in uh, what is your house like. And maybe we can wrap that up after we talk about the Google Wi-Fi product. Because, Jose, I had it as a pre-buy and I didn't do it, and then I signed up to Google saying, please email me when it's back in stock, and they did, and I still didn't buy it. <laughs> and I, I think for good reason uh, from what I'm hearing, but please go ahead and kind of give me the, the same scenario, the radios, the backhaul, the app, the setup, and uh, kind of uh, speed. Yeah, so so Google Wi-Fi is um, right there. I, I would say in the same category as Eero and Luma, um, but it has a very attractive price, like Luma, um, which I think I think Luma should be very worried about Google Wi-Fi because it's three hundred for three pack, uh, one thirty for a single unit, which is still cheaper than Luma's one fifty for a single unit. Um, so it's very price competitive. Um, it's app driven, just like Eero and Luma. Uh, you know, you, you open it up. It's, I like the design. It's a little bigger than I initially expected. And I think that when you look at the pictures, you know, against just the white backgrounds, it's hard to really get a scale of how big it is. It's not massive, but I, I, it's probably a little, uh, it's definitely taller than an Eero, um, with, I would say the same, uh, kind of, um, length and width uh but it is circular um i think it's very attractive the plastic is a little more plasticky than i would like it to be um but i would say it's still a better build quality than luma uh not as good as build quality as eero um but white looks very nice um setup very easy uh, plug it in uh plug it into to your network um you, you find it, uh, ask you for a name. Uh, once it's connected to the internet, it immediately kind of updates uh, to the latest software and you're good to go. Um, here's the problem. And, and this is a big one going back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, where there's some folks out there who need to keep their primary router as their primary router. Um, the only way the mesh network works right now is if, uh, Google Wi-Fi is your primary router. You cannot. You can set it up as an access point, but as independent access points. The access points will not communicate with each other without uh, one of those uh, units having full control of your network. Um, which in my case is is not going to work. Uh, I'm going to be returning these 
solely because of that, uh, because I'm not willing to give up my primary router. I have a, a DDWRT um, ROM on a you know nice not Nighthawk router. I I love the all the functionality that that gives me, and I'm not willing to give that up. Um, so if you're in a situation where you cannot give up uh, your primary router for whatever reason, you know, you can still run it and, and run it, you know, create a double NAT. And, you know, if that doesn't create any issues, then, you know, this might still be an option for you. But overall, unless you're willing to have Google take over your network, uh, a Google Wi-Fi take over network and control everything, um, you know, this isn't really going to offer you anything more than any other access point or range extenders is going to offer you um no bridge mode so here. so once again uh, another manufacturer coming to market with a product that's seemingly unfinished yeah not, and not and i don't know if they complete, see, i don't I know if say. they see that as as unfinished I, I you know it just might be something where like look in order for us to deliver the the kind of uh functionality and you know speeds that we promised uh, for your network through mesh we need to have full control of it and i mean i can definitely see that um obviously if if it knows if it's managing everything uh and that includes you know uh handing out the ip addresses and knowing exactly what's on your entire network uh i can see how all that data would improve the mesh network um but the fact that it's not even an option uh, when there's a, when there's competitors out there that do offer that option, um, that's definitely a, a a big omission, and it's something that already came up in the forums. Um, and you know, I, I was able to confirm that even in the the actual Google Wi-Fi documentation, it specifically states it in order for for the mesh to work to work at all. Um, you know, we need to have control of it. Um, Otherwise, they're just going to be regular access points. Um, and in terms of speeds, I, uh, you know, after doing the testing, I know that there was a, you know, Google put out some speed tests saying, hey, we had this independent uh, company do this testing and, you know, Google Wi-Fi outperformed everybody by, you know, whatever X factor. Uh, in my situation, my environment, um, and all of these, by the way, all, all of these uh, products that I've tested I've put them in the exact same locations. I've placed them in the exact same locations, used the exact same methodology, ran multiple tests, and then I kind of average out the numbers, you know, to 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 address any anomalies and, and whatnot. Um, but the the Google Wi-Fi, both as a single unit and in uh, kind of in its mesh configuration. I mean, there, it did fine. It's it wasn't slow. It, it wasn't. I wasn't getting uh, you know speeds as slow as I did with like Luma and Open Mesh, but Eero was still faster. Uh, Orbi was eons faster. Uh, mm-hmm. Orbi in, in my testing has been the fastest. Um, and again, keep in mind the context of of the home, right? Um, but uh, even even just the the actual speed performance, the throughput on the local network. Um, isn't enough to convince me to say, okay, I'm willing to, to, you know, switch to this and get rid of my, my existing router because it's the speeds didn't blow me away the way that, uh, Orbi did and, and Eero still outperformed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's 
there's one thing on the Google Wi-Fi. I'm okay with that uh, coming to market without uh, being able to be. It, they need to be a complete product, right? And then, and then they can figure out how to do the other the other part. If they if they do, I don't know. They may not. Um, if they would have integrated Google Wi-Fi with their new Google Home, then I would have been compelled to uh, to. St- to to get that product now i'm i am wishing here i i've got a handout i am looking for a handout because the google home product uh is in you know you have the ability to use the uh the amazon alexa type uh, querying in every room of your house and not only that but with the google product you can sync the audio mm-hmm. in every room that it is in and having just one device having that on it i think i think would literally be amazing it's already connected to the network just put a speaker on it and and put that chip in it so yeah and and luma by the way um has integration with amazon's alexa um <laughs> you know so if they're able to do it and i agree i actually replaced all of my uh, echoes um, with Google Home because of the reason you just mentioned being able to sync through it and mm-hmm. um, you know just the the small little things that uh, Google knows through just my usage and Google Now and whatnot. Um, but if if Luma was able to get that partnership with um, Amazon, uh, Eero also has it now. Um, that's one of the things that they one of, one of the mm-hmm. updates that they had. Um, you know, not super feature rich. I, I think you can, you know, basically ask uh, Amazon to uh, pause the internet um, and, and something like that. Um, not super feature rich, but um, yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity for Google to be able to uh, integrate these two products together. Um, I, I know that there there was some talk out there saying, "Hey, Google Home." should have had like Google Wi-Fi built into it or the other way around, right? That like there should be some product that like every Google Home is actually an access point, um, mm-hmm. which would actually make a lot of sense, right? I mean, if if the plan is to have one of these in each room, then they can actually almost take on the model that Plume is following, which is having these little nodes in each room rather than like these big nodes. Um, so I think there's an opportunity there, you know, whether or not they do anything with it, who knows? I think it was uh, good that Google didn't abandon their on-hub users, right? Because all the on-hubs were, are able to integrate with Google Wi-Fi. Um, right. But right now, I'm not impressed with the speeds and there's nothing feature-wise that it offers that its competitors don't. Other than the fact that it has the Google brand, right? And there's a whole lot of argument on this Google product too. Why? Why are they even in the space? Um, when you know, folks like Apple seem to be getting out. We don't know that for sure, but they may be getting out of that that space. But it also makes me here. Here's how I want to end this conversation. I want. It all. I, I, I want everything. I want 
the mesh network, I want a third radio backhaul, if not an Ethernet backhaul. I want parental controls that are managed by... I'm okay if it's a cloud service, like... um, like you know the Eero updates, but I don't want to have to open a third-party account like uh, an Open DNS. And I, it also makes me wonder. We've mentioned Circle by Disney, and if if you're not familiar with Circle by Disney, uh, Circle with Disney is not by Disney. Circle with Disney. If you're not familiar with this product, you can go out to the HomeServerShow.com website and search that, and you will find comprehensive reviews about this parental con- control product. It makes me wonder why Circle is still a company. I It blows my mind that this company has not been swallowed up by some other company and inserted into a Wi-Fi product. I have no clue why not. Maybe it's the whole Disney uh, ABC connection. I have no clue. But that's what I want. I want to know that my child's internet time of whatever, this this one-hour period where he was supposed to be doing extra math and he was on uh, YouTube videos. Circle with Disney will show you that, and it's an amazing product. I want that. I want my mesh. I want my Ethernet backhaul. I want it to act as a router. Yeah, I want it to have an app that gives me quick information and comprehensive information i would also like now you guys are going to scream at me i would like that 192 168 uh, x.x login for even more information i've i've been running a synology router it's rt 1900 ac and the data that flows through that thing is uh, that you can pull out is amazing it, it's missing some things but it allows you to do a daily, weekly, monthly data report on your devices that use the most data. In my house, it's uh, it's our Roku. And I'm able to tell that router to prioritize this MAC address, the Roku. Give it the most bandwidth, you know, because that's what people expect it to stream and stream fastly especially if I'm doing downloads in the background, you know, somewhere else on a laptop. But I kind of want it all, and it makes me wonder if any one of these products will get there. Now, Kevin, in your experimentation, in your installs for family and friends, am am I out of line, or do you think that this may actually happen to one of these companies? You're out of line. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for joining us. This has been reset. <laughs> Thanks for joining. <laughs> I um, well, I, I'll. I, I think I'll make I, it I, easy I on the, you, Kevin. I do feel like I'm out of line, probably in in wanting all of it. I, I don't think it's actually going to happen anytime soon, but I can wish, right? But you you can, and and what you're talking about is is you know I've got um, way too many analogies about this whole world. And you know when this when we started the the uh, discussion this evening, you know the thing that always pops into my head is on one hand, what's what's wrong with uh, what did I see? Um, 
Linksys still manufactures the old uh, 54, uh, the, the little blue router that you, you, you can buy for $25. They still make them because people still buy them. And, and on the other hand, you know, I come from an IT world and if, if I didn't have to manage it and if money wasn't an issue, you know, you'd, you'd buy a enterprise class wireless access points with a wireless LAN controller and a really cool firewall. And you'd have, you know, these controls and, and, uh, you know, parental control systems and things built into the software. Um, in reality, you know, Nobody can afford that, no, nor for their home, nor would they want to manage that on a regular basis. So I think the thing that we're looking at is, and and as you were talking about everything you wanted, I was having flashbacks to you know why I was really interested in Luma is because here that you know founders of the company came from enterprise security, um, seemed to you know understand the mesh Wi-Fi, understand the security side of things, understand the filtering. Um, management aspect of things. So I think they were, they were really kind of heading down those routes of, um, you know, and, and so I think a lot of folks are going to try to head down towards much of what you're talking about. The one place I think it'll always be a little tough to grab into is, um, you know, folks like ourselves, uh, who like to still get reports out of a firewall and, you know, get more information out of the router. Average person's probably not going to want to know that, but, um, if those reports could be turned, if that data could be torn, turned into meaningful reports for the average user, getting back to, you know, maybe a functions of the app, being able to pop up and tell you, here's the devices in your home that are using the, the most bandwidth. Would you like to prioritize more bandwidth to that specific device? And the answer, you know, just thinking about devices in your case, Roku, you're, you're going to click. Yeah. You know, give it more bandwidth. If you come to find that the, the, the largest bandwidth hog in the house is your oldest son, then you're probably going to say, no, throttle, throttle him back. And let's, you know, try to figure out, you know, how, how we can better manage his screen time, so to say. So I, I think these things are all, um, you know, and the more I play around with, um, things in the enterprise these days uh, from this gathering information, um, firewalls and uh, wireless access and all these things actually creates lots of data from log files, so much so the average users don't have time to go through it all. And now there's a whole genre of software out there to actually turn this stuff into usable reports. So even in the enterprise, there, you know, we're seeing a lot of the same stuff. So I, I think, um, you know, from the home user world, um, people looking for this all inclusive kind of experience, um, that's, that's kind of the route they're going to have to go. And you, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the Google end of things, uh, there's the Alexa end of things with, you know, the voice, uh, activation systems. That's going to get tied into this a lot more. So kind of the question I see is who are going to be the folks that are going to interact and work with each other 
versus the um, the singular systems of of I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you security. I'm going to give you Wi-Fi. I'm going to give you monitoring and controls. I'm going to give you um, voice activation functionality. Um, and I think that's where a lot of things could head. You know, in the short term, here is kind of defining who's going to partner up with who and who's going to compete with who. Wow. That was a mouthful. And I, I don't know. I wanted to declare a winner at the end of this podcast. And I know that we're not going to be able to. I think we have some clear front runners, but I think it all always comes back to that variable of where are you putting your Wi-Fi? What is your house like? Where do you need your coverage? Jose, do I have a winner? For me, it's it's uh, either Orbi or Eero, depending on on your situation and what you're looking mm-hmm. for. You know, uh, Orbi. You know, if if you have, you know, a, a home, you sit under four thousand based on on what they market. Uh, you know, I, I probably wouldn't stretch it out that far. But if if your home is is you know more on the average side of let's say two thousand square feet um, or around there. I think Orbi is is an excellent uh, product. Um, you know, assuming you don't have metal walls. Um, hmm. If you need something a little that covers more, like in, in your situation, Dave, I think you know Eero is is probably going to be the way to go because you can you know add units as you go, and even though it's pricier than Luma, I think you're getting a, an overall better product uh, at least now. Like Kevin said, we're talking about points in time. Um, you know, six months from now, who knows? Maybe, you know, D-Link enters uh, the competition. Maybe it turns mm-hmm. out that Plume, you know, has it right with all these little, light, you know, tiny uh, nodes in, in each room. But right now, I would say that, um, you know, it, you go with either Orbi or Eero. Right. And, you know, one variable I didn't bring up and has become really mainstream lately, and that's the, the security aspect of this. What happens when one of these companies has some type of breach or some type of cloud control issue? And will, will we see security issues? And, and one company I think that uh, leads this pack, and I mentioned them early, but we didn't talk about them, and, and that's Almond by Securify. I think these guys kind of lead in that security uh, area, and I, I'm going to look for good things from them for uh, from CES coming up. And also, I'm going to be speaking with Orbi, and uh, I spoke with Luma last year, and I'm going to be looking for Eero. And that is in, that's one week from now. I'm going to be talking with all these guys. So I hope to bring back information for the podcast and for the forums. And I can't wait to test more of this. I've tested Almond. I've tested, I'm I'm currently using Orbi. I enjoy the Eero and I would like to get back into the Luma product and someday test uh, Ubiquity, OpenMesh, and uh, possibly Plume if they ever come to market. Guys, thanks. I know this has been a marathon. I appreciate you uh, you talking some Wi-Fi with me tonight. Yeah, thanks for, for having me on and uh, definitely covered a lot of products. And uh, <laughs> even though it was long, crazy to think that we didn't cover all of them. I think we'll, we will definitely touch this topic again. Absolutely. All right, thanks, guys. Now, if you listened this far, did you come out with a winner? 
I, I don't think I did either. It, it, it's hard to discern between all these products. But as Kevin said in the in the post show that I didn't record, he said, you know, maybe we didn't come, we didn't find a winner, but there are a couple of safe bets and some really good products here. I hope you know which one of those are the safe bets. I'm thinking maybe Eero and Orby. I think these others are going to come up to speed within 2017, and we might have a couple of more come out to talk about on the next Reset. Thanks for hanging with me. We'll see you on the next show. This has been Reset, a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for more great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at mccabe.io, youtube.com slash David McCabe for the videos, and on Twitter at mccabe.io. Intro and outro music by Daryl Lee. Find Daryl Lee at soundcloud.com, Daryl Lee Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E, music. Support of this podcast can be done at patreon.com slash David McCabe. And if you wouldn't mind, throw a couple stars out there on iTunes if you get a chance to. Thank you for supporting, and I'll see you next week on Reset. Reset.